there, and welcome to Scopophilia. We are the millennial movie movement, and I, of course, am your host, Becky Teller, leading the movement into the future and through this summer, because we take small breaks on the show, but not really, uh, because especially for this summer, we are learning, we are using our brains, and we are talking with super cool people in the industry for our summer sessions. If you are new to the show, we are doing summer sessions, behind-the-scenes interviews with industry professionals. And we are back at it again this week as we continue our conversation with line producer, creative producer, unit production manager, jack-of-all-trades Ryan Gibson on the show today for the second half of the interview that I did with him. Such a fun guy, such a good conversation. So I'll basically stop talking now so that you can get right back into it. And if you haven't listened to part one, I would strongly recommend listening to part one before part two, but you know, hey, live your life. So without further ado, my continued conversation with Ryan Gibson. Enjoy! Scopophilia, it's the newest thing to hit the market. Defined as deriving aesthetic pleasure from looking at something, it's the new craze sweeping the nation. Taken in large doses, side effects can include an addictive nature to have more film content. If this increase occurs, consult no one and keep listening. We made a film and I learned a lot and I learned enough to know that I wanted to do it again. I got really addicted to to the process of filmmaking before I was sitting in a bay or in my home studio for 12 to 14 hours a day in a dark room on my ass Mm -hmm. and, and eating and drinking and being on the computer for that long. And I got really excited about being outside and out the door at five o'clock in the morning and working that same, working 14 hours a day, but on set and doing about 10,000 steps or (laughs) 14,000 steps a day. Let's just say, let's just say working in a bay is not very good for you physically. Um, (laughs) So, uh, so I, I made a conscious decision that I was going to not take any more visual effects jobs. I was going to do the ones that I, or, or editorial jobs or design jobs. And I was going to make a physical effort to only try to produce and learn how to make movies, whether that was craft services or production assistant or whatever. It was going to be hard for a guy that's my age to do that, but whatever I could do, I was going to do. So I got involved in some other things, some other projects at different levels and parlayed what the knowledge I did have into learning stuff from other people. I will say that my overall income suffered greatly. (laughs) I, I put a lot on the line to do that. And, um, as of today, I think I've produced or UPM'd or line produced eight films, I think, since then. Wow. 
So it's changed. They're not all listed on IMDb right now, but they will be because some of them have not made it through the final processes yet. But it's been quite a ride. And I think the best thing that someone has said to me, a good friend of mine who's an editor, said, um, you know, Ryan, uh, there are a lot of people who talk about being a producer or wanting to work in films or wanting to do this, that, and the other. And they talk about it, but you actually had a long career, a stable, long career that paid you really well to be, to do what you were doing and you risked it to make movies. And it seems to be paying off, (laughs) knock on wood. (laughs) And he goes, I have to say, I'm really, it's, it's an impressive feat. And I, I don't think there was any bigger, First of all, I just I fish for compliments anyway. <laughs> so so fishing for compliments anyway, I really wanted I I it really meant a lot to me and I think a lot of my friends and contemporaries knew that it was you know, they didn't think I was going to make it. I mean, you're talking about I I went from making I'll just be again. I'll be transparent. I went to making over you know six figures a year, which for me was really good. To making like thirty thousand dollars, right? And living in Southern California, which Ooh. is painful, <laughs> really bet. painful. Um, and and look, I'm not back to where I want to be, but I'm I've learned so much. Thank you know, thanks to all the people. I basically went back to college. I went back to college to learn how to make film. And I don't think there's an artist, his his name is Simon Brewster, a really famous artist, uh, digital artist named Simon Brewster. Uh, I think he's from, I I don't want to get this wrong. I think he's from New Zealand, but he might be from Australia. I feel terrible not knowing where he was, but I'll (laughs) never forget him sitting. He, this was in the glory days of post-production when they were boutique visual effects companies. And they Mm -hmm. all had like awesome art on the walls. And it was just bad at like the most awesome offices you could ever walk into. And I walked into his office and I was like, Simon, do you mind if I ask you a question? He was very hard to approach. He was very quiet and he always wear a black t-shirt and very like he was, he was the essence of cool. <laughs> you couldn't imagine a cooler dude. He was like a rock star. And I said, uh, uh, Simon, do you think you can answer a question for me? And he said, go ahead, Ryan. What, what can I help you with? I don't do a very good accent, but I'll try. <laughs> I get the picture though. Right, right. And he, and I and I said, I said I'm thinking about going to film school because I never went to film school before. And look, I don't want to get into a battle with any USC kids or anything cuz they'll eat my ass alive. <laughs> but he said to me this and this is simply the truth. Why would you want to go to film school when you're surrounded by it every day? Yeah. And then he said get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> and I never talked to him again and I was fired. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but it was really true. It was like, yeah. well, I, he, he was it, like, I, I was really in the throes of like, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to get into USC. I'm going to go to film school and not to knock. Look, I would love to go to USC film school. I, I It's amazing. I would go love to go to NYU film school. I would go to any film school. I'd go to Ball State University film school. I don't care what I, what, 
I think it would be an awesome education, but mm. in reality, I was already in film school. I just didn't realize it. So wherever you can get in, and I guess we'll bring it all the way back. <laughs> how do you start and how do you get into this? Any way you can, but mm. it's not going to be easy and it's going to be hard. And that's inten- it's intentional. It's intentionally hard because it is hard to make movies. It is hard to do this stuff. It is, it will it will fucking break you. It right. will break you. Um, I just got done shooting a winter movie in Palm Springs on July eight sixteenth. July seventeenth was our last day, where the the talent was in winter outfits because <laughs> it was supposed to be set in November December. Uh-huh. And it was 117 degrees outside. <laughs> you cannot cool anything in 117. Your car will not stay cool. No, no. <laughs> and so, and so it is a tough and spending 16 hours in the middle of the desert doing that will break you. They, you have to know that when you go to war to make a movie or production, whatever stage show, it is grueling. But you have to do it for the because you love to do it because it's yeah. art. It's art, and as we all know, as artists, you are going to be abused because yeah. <laughs> because people love to just shit on artists and they make them work for every dollar they would ever want to make. That's just the thing until you're on top, and then you can crush everyone. But that's, right, <laughs> not everyone is Ryan Murphy, right? Right, man, that guy is everywhere. <laughs> he and um. And the the woman, I can't remember her. The woman that sounded terrible. Um, <laughs> the very talented woman who writes Shonda Rhimes, Shonda, oh, yes. Shonda Land. <laughs> yes, <laughs> everywhere. I, uh, the question is: If you ever were to create your own company, would you name it your name plus Land? Me personally? Yeah, I'm just. Uh, I, that's just a question to your audience. <laughs> think yeah. about what that sounds like, and think about what the implications are (laughs) and then you decide for yourself. Right. My answer is Ryan land does not work. (laughs) Do you want to try your, do you want to try yours real quick? You want to try yours? Yeah. I mean, it would be, say it out loud. (laughs) It would be Becky land, Becky land, which does it work. Shonda land. Is there something to Shonda land? I, yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Trust me. It says a statement for sure. Right, right. It's a statement. It's not a place. It's a statement. It's a. Ex- it's a. It's a way of life. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So that's what I would say about working about about doing anything you can do to get in. Uh, I think most people um, start out in some level as a production assistant, and I. I don't. There's no. There's no shame in that. It's mm-hmm. a good place. You can learn about the production office. You can learn about every position on set. You can also learn about taking orders for coffee. You can also <laughs> learn about finding second meal at two o'clock in the morning in the middle of nowhere. Cause sometimes that's the thing that happens. And uh, you can find out about how to get yelled at by a second AC about right. why his Taco Bell is cold. <laughs> yeah. It's all attitude. 
<laughs> it's so true though, because like I did um I did some PA work um for like the news. It was for e news and it it was oh, the same good. thing. Oh, you poor you poor woman. <laughs> oh my God. You worked for E News? For a hot. Well, I worked that for someone a, who worked that, for someone. That, oh my God. That's even worse. <laughs> You're not directly connected to the poison. It's a slower drip. Exactly. Holy shit. But I was just, I was getting up at, you know, 4, 3 30 in the morning every day to drive there. And I was getting coffee. I was getting breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Anything they needed me to do, I was doing. I was just happy to be there because I was, it was again, like you said, I was just surrounded by people who were doing this. And I, you know, it was just one of those things where I was like, anything you can teach me is going to be great because I'm already excited to be here, even though I'm doing, I have, (laughs) they said, can you go around the corner of the building and just wait until people come out and then call us and tell us, and then we'll come over, just save our spot over there. And I was like, absolutely. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it ta- and it takes really subverting your own personal self. Cause some of it is just, it- it's a brutal ask. Like when I ask, just for instance, when I ask someone if they could go around and empty trash cans, like, I don't feel great about that. Right. Like I, I know that I've done that before. Mm-hmm. And I know that someone between me and that person probably should be saying that. But, and, but I, when it has to be done, it just has to be done. And I tell you the guys that the guys and girls that do that stuff, the, the people, the folks that do that stuff <laughs> and who maintain a sense of self and are able to kind of let it, let it wash over you. It's a really good uh, foundation for the soul crushing that is yet to come <laughs> because it does not, you think that being a production assistant is where the pain ends, but it's only the beginning. <laughs> you like, it's, it's really only the precursor to the real pain that's going to happen. Right. It's, and, and it's, you, you look, if you're a production assistant or you're at a low level in a production and you look up at the producers of it or the executive producer, usually the executive producers, depending on if it's television or movies, have some financial stake in it. But for the producers of it, yeah, they might not be getting coffee and you might be giving them coffee, but they're, and I'm not saying, oh, poor producers, but (laughs) their headaches and their phone calls at two in the morning and the fires that they have to fight, you, you, I feel like it's necessary experience for you to go through that because it does not get easier. It's a different set of, it's a different set of problems and they're, but they're just as bad. They're just, right. it's just as bad as rancid trash in the middle of the 117, <laughs> 117 degree desert scene. It's right. It doesn't get any better, <laughs> but I think the people who really do it and stick to it, other than the fact that I say, I think this business is all attrition and you just have to, you have to stay with it long enough until the people above you die. They, they have to die or be killed and you just take their place because there's no, you just have to be in the right line. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's, it's always tough. It's always tough, yeah. but we're, I'm an artist. I am an artist. If you're in this business, you're even no matter where you are in this business, in the camera department, in the art department, in whatever, in the grip and electric department, it's the structure of supporting an art. And that 
is hard no matter what you do. There's no written rules. There's no black and white. It's not like going to work at an insurance company. Right. You know what I'm, I mean, it's, there's, there's a lot of gray in it. There's not, you just have to love it. And, yeah. and I fell in love with it. And I think, you know, by talking to you and talking to you before we got, we, before we started the interview, you, it, you have to give, and unfortunately this is just the way it is. You have to give from yourself to really get it. And it, yeah. it sucks. <laughs> Sometimes you're just like, you sit in your car and you kick the seat back and you're just like, what am I doing? Why are we doing this? What is happening? My soul soul has been sucked. Like I was in the dark crystal. It's like the Skeksis are all around me. I'm I'm like, gelfling. Yeah. Sucking the life out of me. Right. Why? Yeah. Yeah. That's no, what it for is. sure. For sure. Definitely a lot of, is this what I'm actually going to do with my life? Is this, am I sure about this? Am I sure about this? Com- yeah. But, but the camaraderie, I don't know. I didn't play pro sports, but the camaraderie in that environment and the friendships and relationships you make from the people that you don't kill. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> Are forever. Right. They are great. The when you go make something with someone, these a group of people, it's fantastic. It really is. And when you see it on screen, look, I always say if my if my child was ugly, I would say my child is ugly. <laughs> um, and sometimes we make things that are ugly, but mm-hmm. still, you find parts in it that you're just like, that's cool. That's really cool. And if you get, if you're lucky enough to make it to the majors, as I call it, you get up to the major leagues and you're doing major league stuff. And that's, I've seen people transcend. They go to the majors and they're gone. They're like, we're like, good. It's like sending to heaven. (laughs) Bye. Remember me. Right. Yeah. They're going to the studio system. Good luck. (laughs) They're still not free though, but they have, but, but they're getting paid and they're probably having a better time. Um. Yeah, so sorry, I I digress. That was a lot of talky talk. No, it was good. I'm still I'm still a little tired from from coming <laughs> off of this last production. When I'm right. tired, I just blah 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 blah. <laughs> well, let me ask you then. You know, you've worked on a few movies, a few independent things, and stuff like that. Has there been, you know, anything that you've done that you're like particularly proud of, or is it you know something that's in the works about to happen? Is there anything you can tell us about that kind of stuff? Uh- yeah, I think um so we did I did a film uh in 2019 called Continue that is going to come out uh hopefully relatively soon. I'm really excited about that um about that coming out. Um trying to think I did um this I mean what I was working on <laughs> While what I was working on this past, I don't know how much I can talk about it, but um, <laughs> but um, I'm pretty excited about um, the the project that I was just working on, which is a limited run series. Um, I was proud, you know. I worked on the show called Stand Against Evil. Oh um, yeah, which I uh, I really like. Let me go back to continue real quick. I worked with uh, her. The director is Nadine Crocker. 
who um, was in one of the Cabin Fever movies. She's ended up being a director, and she's a really great writer. Um, it's a show. It's a story about drug abuse and suicide and loss, and it is a really, really great independent movie. I'm very proud of that. Um, I did a movie uh, before that called The Hater, which is not out yet. I don't know where it is. It's in post production, I think, still with a very with a young lady who director writer, and she. Um, it's about. Um, I'm proud of that too. It's about a, a. I don't know how much of the story I can give away, but I, but I, but what do you come come on come after me? Um, you're not going to get anything, and I'm 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 giving you press. So yeah, um, it's about a woman who's a Democrat who moves back to Texas and takes advantage of a Texas voting loophole to run as a Republican, and it's really acute it's a cute story and it's a funny story and she's writer, director, act, you know, lead, which, Oh, wow. And that's what continue was as well, which is so hard for yeah. a filmmaker to do. In fact, the one I just got done doing, uh, which is a limited run series is showrunner, writer, director, lead. He's a, and he's a talented guy. He made the show East Siders. And this oh is gosh. his next, this is his next show. His name's Kit Williams. Um, and uh, very uh, LGBTQ story, very inclusive. I loved it because the crew and the cast was just the rainbow. It was fan- it was one of my favorite. <laughs> it was one of my favorite productions to be on. It was hell. It was literal hell. <laughs> but the crew and the cast, the 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 men and the women, and and, and just and the folks were just everybody was fantastic. It was fantastic. I can't wait to see what comes out of that, but he obviously is, uh, he obviously is on his way as being like this, you know, Ryan Murphy esque person. These people, you know, Ryan doesn't find himself in front of the camera that much, but right. he sure, sure does have a media empire. I yeah. think, ev- <laughs> I think eventually you have to give one of them up. It, it's really, really hard it, people don't realize it. It's so hard to be just the writer and the lead, let alone yeah. showrunner. I mean, I, people say like they think that putting showrunner in front of their name is a big deal, and it is, but it means you have to run the show. Right. Like everything. <laughs> and you have to manage yourself as a lead, and you're the director, and you're the writer, and you're a producer. Like, Usually, if you do that, one of those line item checks is just in there for fun. It's not like you don't have you have someone else doing the work, and it's right. by name only. But Kit is a very you know he's got the high energy, and he's he, and he's you know he's done it. So I'm I'm proud of those three projects. I'll be interested to see how this show turns out. Um. It's a very fun. There's some very funny stuff. Some super talented um, um, folks in that show as well. Um, every one of the shows has had actors and actresses who um, weren't getting paid what they should be, what they're worth, but they were awesome performances, just awesome. And then um, I'm getting ready to go do one that I'm really stoked about. It's a horror movie. It's in my genre. I just got done doing, I got done producing a, a horror little 
kind of thriller called Woe, which came out on uh, May 20. No, came out June 6th, I think. It's out okay. on, it's out on uh, at all platforms. It's called okay. Woe. It's also, funny enough, I did three movies in a row about suicide. Um <laughs> <laughs> which suicide effects has affected my family and affects uh-huh. a lot of people in this country. I think it's the number two cause of death in the world or in the United States today, which is mm-hmm. crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, and uh, a young director named Matthew Goodhue directed that. Um, and I encourage people to check that out. It's, I think it's six ninety nine or twelve ninety nine on any platform. It is a very simple movie. It's it's not necessarily a horror film, but it is a thriller, and it mm. is a slow burn of a movie. And I I think if you're into psychologically kind of messed up stuff, and you want to give a <laughs> and you want to give a, a a a young a young filmmaker and a low budget movie a try, um, I would highly recommend. Whoa, it is a it's a thinker. And it's a and it's a slow burn, so you have to you have to be into that. Uh, I do know on Rotten Tomatoes right now we're like at sixty seven percent, which I will take every day of the week. Yeah, <laughs> but there have been some people who have not been very kind, and and that's okay. They're entitled to their opinion. I hope they die. Um, <laughs> they're entitled to their opinion, but there are people who actually get it and who have actually watched it. I'm very proud of that little movie. That movie. If it was, like I said, if my child was ugly, I would say it. That is not an ugly movie. That is a good movie. It is just, you. it requires, if you're looking for for arterial spray, we don't have it. But if you're looking to be messed with for 88 minutes, it's definitely got that going on in spades. So, um, and then, and then now I'm transitioning to, uh, another horror movie, which I, I so wish I could tell you what it is. <laughs> I, I, I want to tell the world, I want to scream at the top of my lungs of uh-huh. what this movie is. And I hope after I do it, that we can get on another interview and we can talk about the production process of that. Yeah. But it is, it is, it is so exciting. <laughs> so <laughs> excited about this movie i love that (laughs) it is we when the writers came when the writer and the producer came the financier came to me and asked me about it they went to my friend evan ostrowski who is the producer of cabin fever i don't Mm -hmm. know if you've ever seen cabin fever it's quite it was quite a popular movie i would say it launched eli ross career i think Mm more than likely are you are you familiar with cabin fever i'm familiar it's been like in my periphery but i don't think i've seen it like all the way through it's you're you probably you might have been six years old when it came out (laughs) um um uh but Eli, you know, has he launched his career from that movie. Anyway, a good friend of mine, Evan Ostrowski, was the producer of that movie. And he called me about this one and said, hey, I want you to read this. And um, and you being the king of getting low-budget stuff done, <laughs> I want you to see how you can do this. And I was sent one image the basically just the cover sheet of this. And these are very smart young people. They went out and they did data mining and data resourcing on this specific creature. (laughs) 
they found out how popular it was in the zeitgeist and we are making a movie that is in the vein and I'm throwing, they listened to me all the way through. We're going back in the style of Chucky and gremlins and we're doing a classic 80s style horror movie with a creature. Oh, and I'm, I'm, we're throwing it back and I'm very, I cannot tell you how excited I will be comes <laughs> spring of next year when this thing hits theaters, because I just, I, it's so hard for me not to talk about it because it is so amazing. And by the way, yeah, I'm interested in asking you this. It is written. It is written for uh, for young women. It is a okay. horror. It is a horror movie that is written specifically for young for young women in their teens and twenties. How okay. do you how do you feel about that? Because I I'm pretty sure you, we've discussed that you are a horror. I am aficionado. Yes, but I would how, say so. Would you say horror is writ? Would you say there is horror that is written for young women? And and let's let's take that first. <laughs> let's take that question first. Okay. Uh so there is horror written for women. It's very small. Like even just thinking of like specific horror for women the what only is the film, title the only film i can think of is jennifer's body which jennifer's i think body great movie G- great mo- great movie amazing movie did amazing not get movie. the cred it was supposed to looks good filmed very well uh megan fox obviously super attractive but also forget transformers yeah, a, a, a very good actress, a yeah. very good a- talent in her own right. Forget, forget uh, the way she looks. She is fantastic. Oh, absolutely, and, and can deliver. Yeah, can deliver, and she is straight up evil in that movie, and yeah. good at being evil. Very much the, so. That is the only movie I can think of that was aimed directed at for at the female audience. Yeah, and like it's such a shame because it was it was marketed towards like the generic horror audience, which I think is mostly men, which is why it didn't really do very well. But like, even on the first run, I didn't really get it. And then as I got older, I was like, oh no, like I got it. Like, this is an amazing movie. I got it. So there's not a lot. Would you say it's a female empowerment movie or no? Or do you think it's just a fun movie that is uh, female oriented? Uh, I don't know if empowerment is the the word I right. would I think feel of. I feel weird saying it actually. Yeah, but it it definitely is it doesn't focus on a man, which I think makes it different. And I don't even think other than the characters that get it, uh I don't think there is a man that I can think of that is in my head that's a, an important character in it. Right, it's about the relationship with the other women. Exactly. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think that's why a lot of people didn't quite get it because they expected it to be one thing and it wasn't that. Do you think they missed an opportunity marketing that movie towards women? Oh, a hundred percent. If they had made the trailer be more about the relationship of these two best friends, I think it would have done differently because there are a lot of women in the horror community and it's not really like capitalized it's a on big part of the horror yeah. community in fact i think that's why a lot of guys hang out at horror conventions because the women <laughs> that go to horror conventions they're like oh my gosh maybe i can maybe i can find a girlfriend at a horror convention because exactly. i'm kind of 
kind of into horror and yeah. sometimes that scares people away. <laughs> no, exactly. And maybe I'm way off base here, but I think horror, I'm excited about this movie because it's specifically being written and it's specifically being directed to be to to be marketed towards females. And I think it's I think that's a fun and it's fun and it's really fun and it's scary. And I'm just excited to see if this works. Now, if females don't come out and see this movie <laughs> and I end up eating my hat, I will never make another female oriented film again. I'm done. Why as, a white, you- as a white man, <laughs> you guys should all listen to. No, I should say. <laughs> Oh, that's oh, a brother. funny joke. I'm going. I'm going. I'm. I'm. I'm so dead. I'm so dead. <laughs> I mean, that's. But that's so exciting. The way that you're describing, I cannot wait to hear more about it, and and be able to talk about it. I hope that um, as I'm looking back on our last 15 minutes of conversation, I'm really <laughs> hoping. I'm hoping everyone knows that I'm very lighthearted, and I hope I didn't come across as a total ass. I don't think so. I mean, I, it's fun be talking, you know, with all these new people and, and like hearing you talk about the projects that like you can't talk about yet, but you're so excited for just makes me excited for them too. And so I think that's what I take away from it is like, it sounds like most of this interview is, you know, work hard, get your foot in the door, love it, do it because you love it. And, and then you know, keep working at it because you love it. Like that's, that's what I'm taking out of this. <laughs> we, we could have saved um, 70 minutes by <laughs> me just coming on and saying, look, look, this is what you have to do. Get your foot in the door. You better love it. Keep doing it. Stick to it. That's it. Peace. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Um, but, but really that is true. That, that, that is really true. You, again, I feel like people take advantage of artists. Society takes advantage of artists. We need art every day in our lives to get through it. Absolutely. Um, whether that's noticing someone's painting mural on the street or notice, or reading something that someone spent time writing or sitting down on the couch and spending 42 minutes or 44 minutes watching an episode of your favorite whatever. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have art on all of these levels and artists every day who toil in anonymity and in with, you know, no pay and no health insurance and, and really basically struggle to keep their life. You know how many photographers out there that are brilliant who like every day is a struggle. Yeah. How many murals that you pass by every day that life is a struggle, but they are such amazing artists and people. We just don't, we don't know what society would be like without artists because frankly, if there weren't any, I don't think there'd be society. I think mm. we'd just be a bunch of crow magnets walking around beating each other in the head, <laughs> which is where, where we basically almost are anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's just so important that if you are an artist and it is your dream to be an artist, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. Who, what race, religion, creed, sexual orientation, that do not let anyone ever stop you from doing it because in the end, you're going to find a place that actually accepts you. And that's the community that this, I think all of these people that we work with on a daily basis are. And it's, 
it was never more apparent than the project that I just got off of that mm-hmm. brought together every type of person you could ever want to know or never know or whatever that just shows that people can just come together and make really amazing stuff. And I hope in the end, um, that is inspiration to people because you have to find a place. I don't think that there's any place that's more accepting than the artist community and the film community. It really truly is an inclusive place, uh, no matter who you are. And it's a place that I think it's just, it's blind except for your creativity and what you bring to it. And I think there's nothing, I don't, I don't know of another business that does that in some way, shape or form. That's like, I mean, you can go work at Google, but um, (laughs) I don't, I I don't, I don't think it's as inclusive as what we do. Um, Right. I don't know. Maybe that's crazy talk, but it's just, (laughs) it's just amazing to see every different type of person come together and not care and not, they just, we just don't care. We just want, (laughs) we just want to work together and make stuff. Like we just want to make stuff. So anyway, that's my little inspirational ending (laughs) in tag to put on it. I probably ruined it by talking too long, but I'm so tired. No, no, (laughs) this was per, I honestly, I think that is a perfect stopping point in our conversation. Great. Everything you needed to say, I think has been said so far. But I mean, first of all, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on. I know you just got off this busy shoot and you probably want to take a nap. (laughs) I totally understand. (laughs) I I appreciate that. (laughs) But I mean, thank you for coming on. You're welcome back. Anytime. Anytime. Anytime you want to come on. Thank you. And I I would love that. Yeah, I would too. And we'll talk a little bit more after this, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, just thank you in general for coming on. This has been really wonderful. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Send all complaints to the FCC. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. And, uh, and I hope I, I, I hope the show continues on. I hope we can get together again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Another huge thank you to Ryan Gibson for coming on the show straight off of a shoot to talk to us about his job and how interesting his life has been so far and how much more interesting his life is going to be as he continues to make fun movies, fun art, and all around just enjoying the job that he has as line producer, as unit production manager, as creative producer. And I'm so excited to see the new works that he is helping to put together. The future is looking great, you guys, in terms of movies. Now, if you liked this interview you have a couple options. First of all, you can go ahead and listen to all of our season one and two, which is, of course, a different format uh, than our summer session. And uh, But you can also listen to all the summer session episodes as well. If you haven't already, uh, we are getting close to the end of our summer sessions, which is sad, I know, but that just means another season is closely following behind it. But of course, don't forget that if you like the show and you want more, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the channel, to the show, to whatever (laughs) listening version you are hearing my voice through. Make sure that you are rating and reviewing and subscribing. It always helps us out. And of course, I love hearing from you guys. So 
it doesn't get better than that. Of course, if you've listened to all of the episodes, there's a couple other options for you. Uh, one, you can follow us on Instagram at scopophilia underscore podcast or on our TikTok at scopophilia the podcast. And if you love the show so much that you want to support the show as well as just letting everybody know that you are a proud listener of Scopophilia. We do have merch out there for you. You can find it in the bio of our Instagram as well as at ncpodcasts slash Scopophilia. We have hats, we have totes, and we have shirts. So for all of your Scopophilia needs, we've got you covered. And lastly, since you like the show and since you're on the internet, Make sure that you are telling your friends and your family and your family of friends and your friends of family about the show because we love continuing the conversation with everybody else and and also just, you know, talking with each other. That's always nice, too. It's been a while since we've really, really sat down and talked to each other. As always, I'm your host, Becky Teller, leading the millennial movie movement here on Scopophilia, and I'll see you all next Friday. Bye!